You're listening to The Razor's Edge, an investing podcast. Your hosts are Akram's Razor, an investor, trader, short seller, and deep dive researcher for the last two decades plus, and me, Daniel Schwartzman, who's worked in investing media the last decade while managing my own stocks. We break down investing themes or ideas and speak with expert guests to get a wider understanding of a given topic. To get episodes of The Razor's Edge, Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you have a chance, or share this show with a friend. Reach us on Twitter at at Daniel Shortman or at Akram's Razor. You can subscribe to Akram's The Razor's Edge newsletter at the-razors-edge.ghost.io. The link is in Akram's Twitter profile. Here's our disclosure. The views discussed belong to either Akram or me, respectively, or to our guests when we have them. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. We'll disclose any positions and any stocks discussed in the introduction to a given episode. Akram, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, joined the close to the year. Both markets seem to be calming down a little bit, though this week obviously will be big macro stuff. I wanted to ask you about, go back, it's been a couple episodes since we talked about SaaS. And I think it's interesting to me, the last, one of the last market events before this recording, recording on Sunday, DocuSign finally had a report where they had a positive response. And I remember, I think DocuSign started to really sell off maybe summer of 2021, but I remember their equivalent quarter last year was another big dive down and was pretty early. And I'm just curious how you like, to me, it's starting to seem like some of the companies that were the first, first big winners in COVID in the SaaS sector. And then the first big losers are starting to, it looks like the cycle is already starting to turn a little bit to where they're starting. Some of them are starting to be interesting again. So I'm just, I don't know where you want to start with that, but what what do you, what's, I'll give it open enough. What do you think about where we are in the SaaS sector, software cycle, whatever, like what's interesting to you right now about uh, what you're seeing from the market, from other investors or from these companies? Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's a good topic of conversation because it's definitely something I've been thinking about lately. Uh <laughs> I guess last week um, there was an attempt. Look, it's not just recent. But I, I've touched on this in several of the write-ups. Uh, you know, for profit SaaS, uh, profitable tech versus unprofitable tech. Uh, the relationship, like this, like kind of desire to separate them, uh, hook, line, and sinker. You know, with, I mean. We got into this debate that like there's a lot of revenue generated by public cloud that's a bunch of uh, profitless tech companies, <laughs> you know. I mean, AWS. I don't know if you saw uh, Orlando Bravo tweeting about uh, all these private companies chasing growth at any cost. He's he's been you know he's been tweeting a lot of bearish stuff over the last six months as they buy companies. Uh, that mm -hmm. are public mm -hmm. but like he's now taking a shot at some of the privates 
Um, and, you know, we spent a bunch of time focusing on like, th- like lack of profitability leads to total collapse in valuation, right? Because once narratives are gone, and, you know, as I wrote recently, narratives are fickle, uh, people, you know, turn to 10 Qs and 10 Ks. And they're just like, okay, you know, what's the valuation support? And if you have a bunch of people who've been investing from a narrative basis, they probably don't know the business enough or well enough to start looking at, like, let's just say a business that's like, you know, near break even, one that is profitable, but high SBC, you know, so on, many different, like the the varying variables. Versus just EV to sales or whatever, uh, rule of 40. And starting to think about like, oh, this can be much more profitable. And uh, this business, which has been really profitable, it could lose at the expense of the fact that a lot of these other businesses are going away. Right. And there's this kind of like that dynamic where, I mean, if you look at the early days of this you know, tech crash, uh, there was like a celebration of the the Microsofts, uh, the Amazons, AWS. And like now, if you look at where we're at, I mean, obviously it helps that it happened last quarter and they all talked about uh, uh, headwinds. But like, you now have people being like, yeah, AWS, I'm going to go teens. You know, <laughs> no longer is like the 30% CAGR gang around. Uh, but with the zooms and docu-signs of the world, right, which is, I guess, where you want to take this, they're looking better, but they also have developed serious, I guess, what's the word, uh, narrative negativity, because they have no growth, really. We well, would say no growth, but... Uh, a growth close that, to no growth. I, I don't... Well, I, I mean, DocuSign, DocuSign gave you a low single-digit billings guidance for next oh. year. Okay. Uh, as a start, as a starting point. Right. Uh, I mean, Zoom's still doing about twenty percent top line growth in in the enterprise. Uh, they have like you know half their business has been you know down uh, for what two three quarters now. The online business, which had had grown to a pretty considerable size, so that's how you're ending up at that like you know, double digit, uh, sorry, like, you know, 10% revenue growth, but like that business should start doing better. I think the headwinds for it are, are kind of gone. Uh, the enterprise side probably starts seeing a little bit more head, you know, headwinds. Uh, you're probably going to have some renewals pressure, uh, on meetings, but they've been proactively addressing that with, you know, getting people to sign up the phone and, and other shit, uh, with, uh, on long-term contracts, but I mean, the focus recently was just SBC. It seemed uh, uh, less on growth, but I mean, I guess I'm kind of rambling here, but I mean, if you look at these businesses last week, other than that, we we had, uh, what's it called? What's the name of the Brad Gerstner from uh, Altimeter? Yeah. Altimeter. You know, he wanted to basically say the segmentation after MongoDB reported, you know, and popped, uh, 25%, mm-hmm. right? There was this argument that seed-based SaaS is to be avoided. Uh, usage-based SaaS 
you know, plays on data growing uh, because data is always growing exponentially, right? Are going to be safe again, which is ironic because like we just kind of came into like, that's the way people had been feeling in the summer. I don't think you had seen anybody who was like really super excited about the Zoom uh, or DocuSign. I think it got segmented into two camps uh, with one camp really winning. And the one camp that's really been winning is that like DocuSign's a point product and can be killed overnight. That's why it's where it is, <laughs> you know? And the other one like that, you know, Zoom will be annihilated by Microsoft and its best days are over, right? That's how they interpreted uh, the slowdown. There hasn't really been a nuanced view of like Zoom went from 600 million to 4.5 billion in revenue in three years. So, that's a significant scale, scale business that's very successful. Uh, what percent of like their headwinds? Because I mean, if you look at where they're winning, right? It's very hard to make the argument that they're being eradicated, right? Like they're genuinely winning enterprise business. <laughs> Is the, uh, I mean, you can just read the logos and uh, see who's signing three, five and seven year deals with them. Well, so, and, like well, just it, 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 it doesn't fit neatly. Yes, without question, Microsoft has a a huge moat, a huge advantage, and uh, is going to grab a significant share of that market. Okay, but it's not going to get the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's a, I mean, that's you know a foregone conclusion. So, like, yeah, when it's at a hundred billion dollars, it's a different story. But like, when Zoom has a lower enterprise value than companies with six, seven hundred million, a billion in revenue. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's you, you start to pay attention, you know, like you should. And I think, I mean, I don't feel like making this a conversation about Zoom or DocuSign. I'm just saying, like, you don't really hear people be like, oh, they grew this much. The hangover, like as somebody who really felt the hangover was obvious, right? I'm also a person who feels that extrapolating the hangover as a reflection of business fundamentals for every business being exposed to the hangover is also fucking stupid, right? Yeah, I, like we clearly we have no visibility on what normalized growth looks like post this COVID pull forward and like where things settle and how many startups go away and you know what the next five years are like. That's just the future. It's unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but There's reasonable assumptions that you look at at history and be like, okay, Zoom is doing this. There's like DocuSign's got close to a billion people using the product for e-signature, right? They do really have million plus customers, right? Like they are going to get to 3 billion in revenue probably by the end of next year, okay? It's a business that probably could have two times the profitability that it currently has uh, if it wanted to be run that way. Uh, you know who had a good post when I was kind of like, I did a bunch of memeing last week. Uh, As one uh, might. Know, uh, about the usage base versus seat based. Because I find it ironic, like, right? Like, I view tech and software as uh, Mufasa does, right? It is, it is a. Go ahead, a elaborate on that point. It's, it's a circle of life. Everybody's got a role. You can't be like seat based is worse than usage based, is worse than open source. Is, like there was a guy who was like, you know, uh, seat based is the wrong model. Here's a model that you should do. 
Uh, let me just give you one that would work better. It was like some venture guy who clearly has a startup. I looked at his like profile and he's like, charge based on your customer's customers. I'm like, you want to do a rev share? <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, and then he put like, and then he put uh, charging based on, you know, C is linear growth, charging based on your customer's customers, exponential, right? And I'm like, all right, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm not going to give you a share of my revenue if I like end up with millions of customers, <laughs> right? Like the, who do you get to sign up for that model? The people who don't want to pay the upfront costs, <laughs> you know? And like, when you see these things and it's like, it's like, all right. So like if everybody who, you know, do, does a transaction with DocuSign, you know, starts paying for it, then like, you know, there's a different way. Like it's, you're not looking at it saying, how do you price this? Or like, what's, like, what's the moat that gets developed versus, you know, like, how do I rejiggle this to take advantage? And I mean, it, it, like you've seen, like when usage based goes wrong, you get off of it completely. Right. Like, that's part of the goal when like you have something you're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go to somebody else who's cheaper. Uh, but I, I, I always see these comparisons with like, with, with, you know, Microsoft office is free and you're like, no, it's not. You have to have an office license, right? Zoom is a host-based license, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't use teams unless every single person is paying. Right. And of course the assumption is, well, who isn't paying for office? Right. But like, it is an add-on. And you have to be on that on the on the E five license right at the very top if you're really talking about an enterprise. So like, when you look at them actually, like if you really tease it out for enterprises, it's the same price, except that every single person in the company would need to have uh, the Microsoft license with Teams on it to totally replace Zooms, right? And be paying the equivalent of Zoom. Zoom you can just pay you know like and it, as it turns out, in most of these companies 20, 30 percent you know, our, our host licenses and they use them. Every employee doesn't have uh, a Zoom license. Right. right? I mean, and in some enterprises- That's been, by the way, my experience too, is it's, you know, one anecdote, but very haphazard as far as who is- Yeah, paying. which is what they're trying to address with, like their, their TAM for phone is everybody in a company, right? Mm. Uh, and the TAM for- meetings is like yeah you're going to reduce some of it now like i mean at some point like in some places it was wall to wall but in most places it's significantly less and like as the two products converge because people have been using meetings like a phone right uh you know like they're probably looking to charge the same amount for both like there's like the bundling dynamic and that's kind of a longer term plan but it, this like there's just i don't know i mean i it's funny to see that like you want to like just say that this model is worse than that model and like you you actually have a case right now that models driven on licensing you know could be back in vogue right but i mean the whole point of seat based and subscription really was that you're continuously developing the software right and you're continuously integrating it and like there was just it felt like you were kind of balancing you know, the cost, the running cost more directly uh, with the way the software was being developed and delivered, right? But like, if you're, if you're dealing with like analytics software, like you're still 
like looking at it really from a license-based approach, right? I mean, we, I've just seen it with like a couple companies where like they're trying to tweak their model and they want to charge more because they're, they feel like they're under-delivering, uh, they're under-earning on, you know, the SMBs and uh, they, they have certain products that are really just analytics driven and like you can't charge by seat. You can, you're charging by seat, but like they share the password, right? They'll buy one. Like there's just no getting around it. You can, they can try to do what they want with IP and whatever, but like, it's just too hard. Okay. And like, if a customer wants to have three people who have access to it, right. And they just have one login, there's not much to get around it. Okay. And like, you look at that and you're like, all right, I should charge more. I should just assume it's flat based. I should just do it by an org. Well, you're right back to where you were before. Right. It's a perpetual license. Well, and I think that just to jump in, because uh, it's I think what you're getting at is that it's still all these I mean, this human nature, but all these years now into this cycle, everybody's just looking for a magic bullet that you can just follow. You say that seat based is no good. So let's go usage base and so well, that goes back to this whole not getting nuance and like not learning anything right. so when i look at that i'm just like did we let learn anything recently right it's uh like some people are think that like i like you know daniel was kind of framing it as i had like i'm super bearish on mongodb just because i mean i shorted mongo went down like i covered it long before it dropped another 30 percent right because I'm familiar like I, with the fact that like before we went into this, uh, the, like before Mongo's last quarter, not this most recent one, and the Amazon quarter and the Azure quarter, before you started seeing headwinds in usage, right? Like the general view was usage was fine. Okay. That was where we were at uh, three months ago. Like if you looked at the delta between... Uh, the MongoDBs and Datadogs uh, of the world versus, you know, DocuSigns, uh, it was already huge. It's actually just, just recently narrowed, okay? But, like, that was a consensus view. Then Mongo reported a quarter that showed that, like, you know, they've got things like Getter and Coinbase as clients, and uh, usage for Atlas took a major hit, Right. And then they just reported a quarter where really the story wasn't Atlas. It was like Atlas didn't get worse. The usage mm-hmm. situation kind of seemed to be stabilized. And look, somebody uh, uh, had, pit, had had pitched me. It's like, it's a good setup because they developed a lot of exposure to crypto and some of this stuff that fell off a cliff in the last six months. But like, you know, the next leg down for the stuff that fell off the cliff is like, you know, uh, dying as a business, <laughs> you know? It's shutting down, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the usage has been tattooed. So uh, quarter to quarter, month to month, like it's it's a much more slow, steady drift than you know the sharp drop off. So that like that element, you know, is, provided a setup where like the quarter is going to be better. But really, the quarter was better on the enterprise advanced side, and. <laughs> some early renewals and whatever you want to call it. But like, let's not focus too much on that individual quarter. Like when I, where I was shorted before, I was just like, the valuation is ludicrous, right? But if you go back to August, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And the stock was, you know, 250, 350, 400, right? Uh, you know, bouncing around that range. And I was like, look, I don't think things are going to go wrong this year. I just think it's going to slow. They're not an exception. Usage isn't special, right? Some of it is actually uncharacteristically uh, uh, bad. And uh, people haven't really thought much about it, you know, based on the way just the tech startups are built and, you know, that it's heavily used for prototyping and and, and other things in terms of mobile apps. And uh, like that, there's genuine headwinds ahead, right? And you you didn't really anticipate that like you'd hit, you'd, you'd get there, you know, immediately, just like with AWS, whatever. You're just like, it's coming, you know, probably early 2023. So it happens faster. And it's like, oh, see, there you go. Now everyone acknowledges it. Then fast forward another one quarter, and it's like they comp better relative. And it's like, oh my goodness, usage is the future because data is doubling every two years. Mm-hmm. It's like that's just not an investment thesis. Like these companies have competition, you know? <laughs> like, why why don't you hear about like the competitive threats there? And you don't hear about the competitive threats there because they're not, they didn't go from 60% revenue growth to five, right? In in 12 months. Okay. And and that, that's like, you know, the DocuSign story, right? Like DocuSign is a point product, it's doomed. It's all, all the bare arguments come out, but like it's not like Elastic didn't have bare arguments. It's not like MongoDB didn't have AWS is gonna kill you arguments a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like they won't have bearish arguments, you know, a year or two from today, right? Or even six months. Uh, like these things, t- like competitive arguments are, they're always there, right? <laughs> like the, it just seems that they become more popular uh, when you can anchor them uh, to the declines and the declines really are not competition driven, right? Like, the declines are a reversal of outperformance that was, you know, driven by a pandemic. <laughs> just- well, and that that's what I'm, yeah. I mean, like you talked about, I mean, you said the circle of life in a different ways, but as far as everybody has their place, but this sort of like with Zoom, for example, it's no secret that they're winning in the enterprise and you see the, you know, sell side notes are basically hinging on, oh, the crossing point is going to be later than expected or earlier than expected. Like, that's the whole narrative. And in, you know, DocuSign's case, I think there is a little bit more doubt as to whether they really reaccelerate growth. Everybody's still expecting, you mentioned uh, the billings guidance being low. Uh, People are still waiting for billings to pick up, but it's just this. Why should billings pick up? Why should there be like they they were like look we're not like you know we're still seeing uh NDR is here and it's going lower i think it was like 109 yeah. like it you, it shouldn't be expansion there should be contraction in spend right my point is it is perfectly logical it does not reflect that the business is dying it reflects that the business is going through you know macro related uh headwinds that everyone is going through like you don't hear people being like Nvidia is finished because gaming revenue is down sixty percent, mm-hmm. right? Like these businesses have kind of caught like the bearish thesis is being anchored to and amplified 
based on the deceleration from a, the pandemic growth. My point with them is they're really significantly scaled businesses in the, in the case of those two, okay? Right? Zoom's 4.5 billion in revenue, okay? Fact that it's 15 billion EV last week, like look at the companies that have, you know, significantly lower revenue with the same enterprise value. This is where the debate, so I guess this is where, where like, you want to make a fundamental argument around a narrative again. And that's the thing where I have the issue with usage. If you're going to come out to me and say, look, there's, this is an excellent opportunity to buy these companies because they've had major drawdowns. Okay, they've all had major drawdowns, right? Usage, seed-based, whatever, right? Shitco, crypto, mm-hmm. right? Everything has had a major drawdown in the last 12 months. So if your starting point is that like, hey, I'm going to buy some, some good businesses uh, with a long-term view, all right? So there's like, there's an argument that's being made. You see some buy-siders be like, you know, let's look at Mongo. Let's, let's look at Datadog. Let's look at Snowflake. You know, th- there's, there's that cadre, right? These businesses, CrowdStrike, these are businesses you can buy today. You should buy these businesses today with a view that you're going to hold them for two to three years. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the argument. And the argument is that, like, you will double your money in that time period. And then it's like, all right, well, what about Zoom and DocuSign or this or Julia or whatever? It's like, no, 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 don't. <laughs> Those are shit codes. Right? And I'm like, I, I'm going to tell you that I'm not, I, you're not going to get some sort of narrative excitement around either of those two, for example, uh, in the next six months, okay? I, like, that's not why you would buy the stocks. <laughs> but the disparity between them and the ones where people still are anchoring to the narratives is pretty significant. So in, in other words, if you sort of, we look at that cycle and we look at the, the bat, the dis. This disharmony in the force here is tilted towards the narrative side that's inevitably bound to correct. And so if you're just looking at the sort of two sides of the seesaw, because DocuSign, I think, is the more interesting case because you you mentioned it's easy to see how they could be more profitable and so on, but they're they're not profitable yet still. They're still... Large I mean, they have twenty percent non-gap, whatever margins. What? Yeah, right. Or, you know, I mean, we're comparing them to companies that are non-gap, essentially negative or break-even, really, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's where MongoDB is, for example. Datadog has really high free cash flow conversion. CrowdStrike obviously is, is in a good spot, but I mean, again, like these things trade at significant premiums. You know, I use the Mongo example because it's very visible that Mongo is on its way to 20% revenue growth next year, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of is like a soft landing for them if you're looking at the way things are going. If you actually believe that they have a significant cohort of customers who have like another leg down, you know, in the future uh, and are going away, right? It could be worse than that, right? But let's just say it's like 20s, all right? And let's say it's 20s for the next you know, two years. And take your 10, 15% dilution that you're going to go through. I mean, they're still doing 30% plus whatever SBC of revenue. You end up with a company with 1.8 billion in revenue in two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it to be at the same stock price, I mean, 
you're not going to generate meaningful free cash flow, you know, by the way, in, in those two years, but like maybe you get up to a couple hundred million. I don't know. Uh, and this is, you know, the non-GAAP version with SBC factored in. Uh, let's say you get there, right? Like if it's tra trading at the same price, it's probably going to be like, you know, 85 times free cash flow uh, in, at the end, you know, two years from today on a trailing basis. Okay. And it would probably be, you know, growing, you know, it's top line, you know, from on a forward basis in like the teens, high teens, right? Mm. Like that's kind of what you're looking at. And now like ask yourself, like, what do you have to do to beat that buying Zoom at the same enterprise value? Like what does Zoom have to generate? <laughs> like how, what will that business look like in two years? Probably, you know, uh, I think accelerating growth at the very five and five and a half billion minimum revenue. Uh, it, it would have generated probably, you know, once you pass like this, you know, the next two quarters, SBC is going to come off a cliff, uh, because this is kind of a one off sunsetting of an equity, equity protection program. So, you know, you can look at it and just be like, mm, probably be knocking on the door of, you know, $1.7 to $2 billion in free cash flow uh, two years from today. And uh, without significant dilution, like they can offset that, but then the second best balance sheet in the space. So, like, you think that business at three times the revenue, uh, you know, two years from today, I mean, it's three times the revenue now, but uh, three times the revenue with, you know, real structural profitability in there uh, and a dominant position in, in their space is worth the same enterprise value as Mongo. That's what, that, that's like how you need to be thinking if you're thinking two years, like, you're, you're the the deep, the variations from a negative outcome in in Mongo in DocuSign and Zoom are kind of really low with the price you're paying. Now, you could you could end up losing fifty percent uh, in two years in MongoDB, and it caggers at twenty. So, like that's on the table still for for things like Mongo and Datadog and CrowdStrike. Uh, things you know are like the CAGR at twenty five percent. Odds are you're owning the same stock at the same price, right? That's where you come up with these like fair values. It's like, look, if you expect it to CAGR this rate, then you 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 want to make twenty percent a year. So if you want to make twenty percent a year, then like you're you should be paying one twenty five for it, you know, with the expectation that like, you know, things continue to go really nicely and uh, it's $170 stock at the end of two years. So if it's $200 today, uh, odds are that like anchoring yourself to something where there was, you know, over 40% top line growth this quarter versus a company where, you know, I mean, DocuSign actually, like, they did 18, if you consider it. I mean, like, you obviously have much more visibility on where things are going because you have billings uh, billings guidance. And 
you know, the expectations around that. And like, you see the layoffs, right? But like, if companies are shrinking, <laughs> then the revenue shrinks, their consumption will shrink, right? There's the, there's where, where I guess there's the, the mistake that's being made that you can harp on is that data will grow, uh, data will be consumed, only a couple of these will capture, you know, uh, the large percentage of uh, the related revenue to to providing software defined platforms for it, and uh, uh, businesses dying will have no impact, right? Like a business that's significantly reducing, uh, you know, the seats it's paying for, is probably going to see revenue headwinds, and a business that's going to see revenue headwinds is going to see usage based headwinds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, I, I think I told you at some point, like in our company where Datadog is something that I've heard that we would like to optimize, spend, or whatever, get, get a hold of. And so you and everybody else, right? Up, you know, all the time for them. And so it's this idea that they're, again, it's not a golden, gold, silver bullet to say that, oh, it's going to be like ever, we're, you know, whatever the there's with the layoffs across the board with the sort of slowdowns, everybody's thinking about how to, I mean, what, there was a headline, Google alphabet combining ways and maps. Like people are going to continue to try to find ways to consolidate, to just not be wasteful. And so there's no reason to think that that should only apply if you are in the, seat based like it's going to be wherever you can wherever you can find savings you're going to apply them yeah i mean that's kind of the rub last week and look if i if you're a long-term investor you, you want to buy some stuff here that you're not going to pay attention quarter to quarter you should also think that these companies that have gone through like the early winners like zoom and docusign when they give their guidances for next year, there's like no incentive for them to guide anywhere. Like it's literally zero, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to be remotely aggressive. So if they guide you to single digit billings growth, like the odds of a surprise on the upside from those companies is probably higher than, than other places, right? The usage-based guys could still run into trouble. Right. Yeah, it's right. The, like it's, the, like the benefit the, of the no narrative is that you can play it. You can be a lot more. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with DocuSign just over the last six, nine months. Like, they really had a hard time figuring out that their business was slowing that fast, right? So, like, the usage... Give them nine months. Like, they have a lot of customers that, like, yeah, they cut, they... Uh, are scaling down and there's like a little bit of a stabilization. But if things don't improve, okay, like it, they're going to be facing decisions of do we just shut down the business in a year? Right? Like that's where those, those businesses are at. Okay. And I mean, those businesses, you know, once like it won't be about, there'll be like a couple guys left in sales, you know, uh you know the core r&d team that you have to have right uh the sensitivity at that point for 
like a seat-based business, like a Zoom or whatever, to that company is nothing, right? But the sensitivity to the, the guys running your infrastructure, you know, from like there's another big drop-off there off a cliff, right? Like your usage went down to this, and then it's just like you determined that like, you know, it's just still burning this much a month and like either you sell it uh, or, you know, you liquidate and shut it down, right? So I think that there's more of that there. Uh, and if you think from that standpoint, if you approach things from that standpoint and you look at these companies still trading at, uh, I mean, it's still like, these are also diversified businesses, but like if you look at some of them still trading at these, you know, let's call it uh, uh, 10, 11, 12, 15 time sales, right? Like that's still really rich multiples, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's where I kind of, you know, take the issue and like, like you're just dealing, I mean, it's the, it's the past comparisons where like, if you bought like what you felt like still comfy with narrative wise, uh, like that was not the path to make money over the next two years. Like it wasn't the path in, in 2002. It, it hasn't been the path historically after a bubble pops. Yeah. It, it may be a way where you don't lose, okay? Because they're bulletproof. They end up being the, as bulletproof as you thought they were narrative-wise. But if they don't, like the risk-reward setup sucks because right. you don't get the upside. You still are exposed to the downside. Meanwhile, you have these like scaled businesses where like, because they stopped growing after growing at a hyper level because of COVID, that people just now believe that these scaled businesses are broken business models. Like that's their explanation for the stock price. That to me is a disconnect, right? Like you can empirically shoot it down very well with Zoom. I like, I've spent the time on it. I've not spent the time to shoot it down on a DocuSign, but like if you do look at how it's used and the user base and the amount of customers, you could probably make that argument. You, you could probably make that argument to Lester Vigil also with, with a Twilio. I think Twilio is in like a hybrid category because like it's still growing. Uh, there's still people believing in like the secular tailwinds around the, the infrastructure side of it, right? But mm -hmm. like it's married itself to like, we're going to be more software seat oriented, right? Uh, and there, and that side of the business is actually a value destroyer lately uh, for the last couple of years because it's, mm -hmm. it, it's been so investment intensive the segment side and all the i mean segment flex and, uh, right. even though flex has a mix but like you're selling seeds uh front line like these uh, uh these aspirations that engage you know where like they just want to they they want to go into the marketing you know into the marketing automation space uh but <clears throat> uh, like i wouldn't tell you to buy any one of these names because you're going to have really rosy news. Like you saw, by the way, like DocuSign dropped 5%, dropped 10% after hours, clearly at the point in time where they spoke on the call about next year. Because the billings guide for Q4 was soft, the billings guide for Q3 was strong, and the explanation was they had some early renewals. Uh, so that kind of like offsets, right? And the stock went up to like 51, then it dropped to 
like flash crashed from like 51 to 45, you know, in mm. like five minutes after hours. I wasn't even on the call. I actually bought someone after I saw this because I was like, they probably talked about 2023. I'm going to guess whatever they said. My rationale was, I'm going to guess whatever they said and it wasn't exciting. But like, why would I expect it to be exciting? So like people like me probably aren't going to care, right? And are going to buy the stock here based on where it trades because it's down to like a $7 billion enterprise value, you know? And I've got these stocks at 14, 15, 16, 17, 20, whatever, right? And, you know, then you read the call and you're like, yeah, oh yeah, they, they said like, they're, you know, they're telling you they're going to go revenue like high single digits next year and billings uh, low single digits. Um, but there's probably a chance they beat that, right? Uh, if they miss it by, you know, a little here and there, you're probably not going to care either. Right. Like that's where you like, that's where it got has like, it has to fall into your, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever bucket you want to own. Uh, I think that like, if you're long Mongo or Datadog or Cloudflare, you're still really sensitive to next quarter and the quarter after that. Right. Like you still can't sleep at night uh, uh, in the same way as these guys are, because it's just like the expectations have been de-risked and like based on where the prices and like some of them are just like really on top of it. Like, I mean, DocuSign is a very structurally profitable business. Uh, you could run it. I mean, like if you, you could, you could use Dropbox template and just be like, Oh, this thing could probably have two times those margins. Right. They're not viewing their business as like, you know, that structurally low growth yet. Like, you know, they want to become a agreement cloud and all this other crap. Uh, so like, I, I think a lot of these companies don't look at the current environment they're in and say, we should just assume it's over. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, and that I was, I mean, that's the last piece for me. And I, uh, with DocuSign, it's again, easier to talk about it where I can get, you know, you look at the non-gap margins and then you assume maybe they clean that up or you look at other certain things and you can sort of draw the path to how they would cut costs while still maintaining enough growth or steady state to where the valuation makes sense. But I wonder, DocuSign has a new CEO. I wonder just what the runway is for, like, when will somebody come to DocuSign and say, Actually, no, we're tired of this. You have to um, uh, put in the doc, what you just called the Dropbox strategy um, or, you know, a playbook of higher margins and just don't worry so much about growth. I'm just curious about that sort of piece of this for some of these names. Again, I think not all of them, but there is, you can't, you also can't quite do just a pure, I mean, you certainly can't do a pure quant approach to this because there is still some operational uh, finesse that needs to be pulled off by some of these companies to get through this period in the right way no yeah i agree so i guess my focus on it is like what type of investor you are and like like let's not let's not hate on these companies uh just because you know these headline numbers have have changed so much in a year right i mean there's the peloton element of it all 
And I do, I do think uh, you got to be somewhat sensible. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if you can't lump them all together, that's all I'm saying. Which is what it's makes too, it more, too. more interesting and more profitable if you get it right. If you correct, and we'll see. I mean, over time, uh, but the the temptation to to turn everybody into uh, you know one bad uh, uh, group of COVID losers. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to resist, and you've seen that. <laughs> it's not much else to say. Well, and that's just what I, yeah. And that's maybe my final, I still, I've said it before, but just still the, like the market's insistence, sort of Borg-like insistence on um, focusing on the next three months and the last three, three months at the expense of everything else. Just the fact that that, you know, that's what makes the market interesting and gives room for profit, but it just, this, the short-term gaze, I think, is still what's uh, actually probably and probably appropriate too, to some degree. But um, yeah, it's just funny to kind of see this keep playing out time again, and then you have the high the high multiple companies sticking around at high multiples. Zoom, DocuSign were so beloved and now are, are hated. That yeah, that whole cycle just continues to continues to be fascinating. All right, dude. I'm going to go watch some football. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Good place to jump off. Thanks, Akram. Uh, Take care, bro. See you out there. Thank you for listening to The Razor's Edge. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at at Daniel Shortman and at Akram's Razor with suggestions, requests, or anything else. We aim to publish this every Tuesday morning and love to hear from you. If you can share this with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really be grateful as that will help the podcast grow and improve. This has been a Shortman Studios production. Our theme song is Move On by Soquel. Thank you for listening and see you next week.